You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the show. This is Fair Game number 299. Today's guest was looking forward to planning her first fair as fair manager in 2020. But as is the story for so many of us, 2020 had other ideas. She joins us today to talk about that, plus her plans for 2021 from the Hillsborough County Fair in Florida. This is Suzanne Holcomb. Suzanne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. So 2020, you had taken over for uh, Tom Umaker. It was supposed to be your big coming out party there at Hillsborough County. COVID had other plans. Before yes, we get did. to all of that, can you share some quick background on how you came to be with the Hillsborough County Fair? Yes, sir. Um, I started with the Hillsborough County Fair about 11 years ago as a volunteer in the Youth Livestock Program. From there, I was working full-time as an office manager um, for a vet clinic and uh, just life got, uh, you know, life changes and so forth. And I uh, were, was able to step on as assistant manager to Tom and work for him and under him for about six years. And like you said, I... Uh, Last year, took over for for Tom and thought, well, this is, you know, this is great. I'm going to plan my first fair. And then COVID hit. And uh, COVID said, nope. COVID had other plans for (laughs) sure. Well, real quick, tell us about your fair. When does it usually run? What's the attendance look like? Okay. Uh, Our fair is typically held the end of October. It's a fall annual fair. Uh, We normally have attendance about 20 to 25,000 and not to jump ahead, but we've had to move our fair dates this year just a little bit up into September. So we're moving up about three weeks uh, based on carnival availability. But uh, so, so yes, so we're we're a September fair this year for 2021. Got it. So will, will those dates revert back to October moving forward? Is that the idea? To be determined. Uh, depends <laughs> on ha- how we work out with our carnival situation and their availability. It might sure. be a permanent change or we might have the option to be able to move back to October. Uh, the only problem that we're facing moving into September is we are in Florida and that is hurricane season. So uh, I figured. Well, I mean, technically <laughs> until November 1st is hurricane season. <laughs> that's so. true. That's true. Why I mean, not? One technically. More <laughs> Wow. So you're moving, uh, moving dates. And I'm guessing that's to accommodate because everybody else seems to be juggling calendars, trying to get a 2021 fair in. And being as that you don't, you know, I mean, if, listen, if Miami's moving, if Florida state fair's moving, <laughs> then the 20 to 25,000 person, you know, attendee, uh, Hillsborough County fair is going to end up getting moved too. But is, yeah. at the end of the day, all that really matters is that you guys get your 21 fair in. That is so true. I am so excited to be having a full fair this year. That is for sure. Have you been able to get out to any of the fairs in Florida this spring? Um, I've been able to visit a few. Um, I am just amazed by their attendance. Um, They're going through all the safety protocols to make sure they put on a safe fair. And honestly, it's just been very, very uplifting to see the public out, to be able to see the the attendance and the numbers. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped about our fall fair. Yeah. I was just down there um, at Okeechobee in Clay County at those two fairs, helping Kyle Palmer out with one of his shows. It was just very magical to finally see that Ferris wheel lit up again and see people smiling 
um, and and seeing families out together and feeling like we're you know we're starting to to turn a corner. But looking back here at 2020, real briefly, your fair last year was scheduled for October. So certainly you must have had a lot of time from the time things started to fall down in March. You had a lot of time to sit and ponder what the future of your fair could be. What was that like? Um, it was very stressful, um, especially being a new fair manager. Um, we decided to come up in about March, late March, early April, we decided to do a contingency plan. We came up with a committee, a risk management group. We looked at three different options about how to move forward. And uh, middle of June, our board of directors met and we, uh, we voted on the contingency plan to move forward with just a livestock only fair. Uh, so we modified our fair just to be livestock only. We felt that was really important um, for our market animal species, for the, for the youth in the community to move forward and still be able to have that uh, in-person youth fair uh, with the livestock shows. But um, it'll, I'll tell you, it was between March and about uh, until we made that decision in June, it was extremely stressful. Um, you never know what decision to make or, or if it's the right choice, but uh, it was a tough couple months, but I'm glad we decided to go ahead and move forward the way we did. Yeah, so eventually that time comes, <clears throat> like you said, in June. Um, it, I'm really glad to see so many fairs were able to still push forward with some level of livestock show for those kids, for 4-H, FFA, all those livestock, junior livestock kids that are out there. They work so hard to take care of and raise those animals. So I'm really glad you guys were able to do that. At the same time, when you finally make that decision, you're, you know, turn the lights off on the fair. There's no Ferris wheel. There's no pig races, no corn dogs and cotton candy. All that other stuff is now gone. Mm -hmm. um, it's got to be a punch in the gut. It was. Um, when it came time to finally, you know, our fair dates rolled around, it seemed like something was missing. Obviously, it was. We we missed our our fair family. We missed the entertainment. We missed the carnival. We missed our food vendors. Um, so it was it was disheartening. I mean, even though we were still able to move forward with the with the youth livestock and still able to put that on for them, it was just like part of it was missing, and so it just didn't feel complete for an you know in in, in any means. So I'm happy that this year when I say go forward with a full fair. It means with a full heart and, and, and hopefully we'll have everyone here. For sure. Now, has your, um, has your facility been able to support the community in COVID response either with testing or, or now vaccines? Um, we currently do not. Uh, we were um, an option for the county to move here for COVID testing. Um, it didn't work out that way just because of the, the logistics of the county. Um, but we've been able, we're an emergency uh, site any well, anyway for a couple other organizations in the county. So we've been able to maintain those. Uh, we're training facility for some of the local police departments and so forth. So we've still been able to use that facility for that part, um, but we just never used it for anything COVID related. Got it. It's got to be a challenge trying to plan a fair and now new dates. So you've got three weeks less time to plan and you're yes. doing all that from the middle of a pandemic. Now we're watching the news, of course, CNN and, and everybody want to make uh, Governor DeSantis seem like just a complete um, monster down there, just God forbid he open his state and allow people to go back to work and and make safe decisions for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got Florida's pretty much open for the most part. 
but you still have a pandemic hanging over your head. How do you go about planning for your fair, knowing that that's hanging out there? Um, and, and that's very true. And uh, I, I will say we're very lucky and blessed to be in Florida where things are open. Um, we, our county is still under a mandatory mask mandate and social distancing. All the other surrounding counties around us are don't have those restrictions. So moving forward, planning a fair, it's a guessing game. Uh, what, what restrictions are going to still be in place in two months, three months, or when our fair opens in September. So we're just having to put through different plans um, to go forward. Thankfully, most of our facility is open air, uh, but the indoor facilities, we're, we're planning on whatever recommendations or regulations we have to follow come in September to, to make it work so our entire facility is open for the fair. Uh, so it's just a, mat a matter of working with the county, working with county officials to make sure we follow protocol, provide a safe environment, uh, but yet still make sure that all aspects of our fair are up and running. It sounds like trying to meet all those criteria can be dizzying. Very much so. Um, just staying on top of, of what the county regulations are, and, and it's, it's pretty much a guessing game what tomorrow might bring. Um, and, and even visiting local fairs that are right next door to us, they're under different regulations. So there's not really a, a pattern. There's not a playbook. Um, so you're, you're just kind of going out on a whim and saying what might happen in three or four months or what might happen this fall. Uh, but the one thing we do know for sure, based on what we've seen at other fairs, is that the people want to get out, they want to participate, families want to still make those memories at the fairs. Uh, so the one thing that I am pretty certain on is that we'll have a great attendance. So neighboring fairs are under different uh, restrictions than you guys? Correct, yes. We're the only county in our, in our area that are, is still under the mandatory mask mandate. Is that something the, I thought I'd heard the governor, so the governor doesn't have a statewide mass mandate, is that it, it's, is it up to the counties? It's up to each county uh, commissioners. So, uh, so our county still is under the mandatory mask mandate. Um, yeah, so it's, it's up to counties to decide whether or not, uh, whether or not we are, we're under that regulation. So the counties decide, and how did, yes. how did the county's public feel about this decision? Um, there are many petitions out there right now asking for our Board of County Commissioners to reconsider the mandatory mask mate and, and open up the county. Sounds like people in your county are, are done with this. They're ready to move on. They are. They are. Um, yeah. Our, you know, we, we're in the rural part of, of the county um, and many, many people in the outskirts of our of our Tampa Bay area are, like you said, they're done with it. They're ready to move on. Um, so it's just a matter of convincing our county commissioners that uh, that the majority of the county is ready. <laughs> I think even if 100 percent of the county is ready, that doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> politicians are going to listen. That's, that's very true. Very well, true. <laughs> it's a, it's a new year now. And, uh, there seems to be a glimmer of hope, uh, out ahead of us, you know, like, like I alluded to before, having been down in Okeechobee and in Clay County, their numbers were really impressive. Tasha did an incredible job over there in Green Cove Springs. Um, the folks were out, they turned up for that fair and she's got a lot of community buying for that fair. So it was really nice to see that. What about your fair? You got any exciting plans for 2021? We do. We do. We're adding some new entertainment this year. 
We've expanded our youth livestock shows. And one event that I'm extremely excited about um, is we do have a, a 2,500 person arena in which we hold different arena events in during, throughout the fair. We have a truck and tractor pull and a rodeo um, and a demolition derby. But we decided this year to spend one of our Sundays with a Heroes Day. And we decided to go and invite, we've invited the county, um, local, fire departments, police departments, uh, EMTs, all the different canine units, aviation in. Um, we got a huge sponsor that came in and we're gonna recognize each of those departments on stage, open it up for the public to come down, visit with each of the departments, um, obviously let them in for free for, for the fair and uh, really involve the community and uh, and we've got great turnout coming for that event. And I'm just really excited about that one. Sounds like you're excited about it. I am. So this is one question I really enjoy asking. And I think it plays off of that last one really well. If a family was new to your area and they called you up and they said, hey, we want to come out to the fair. What would you suggest a day at your fair looks like for them? Um, obviously, um, I think right now in this age people want to know that it's safe so i would think that we're a safe open air environment but we focus on family and youth uh, our our fair is is based and started with youth livestock shows and that's the foundation of our fair uh, so i think that if they came out they would see the variety of different animals uh, we have about 600 livestock exhibitors here throughout our eight days of the fair. Uh, it's heavily focused on family fun uh, events. Uh, our free entertainment is, is that. It's educational. It's fun. We have those arena events. Um, we have a historical area, which we call our hometown Hillsboro area, that we have uh, a variety of different activities, blacksmiths, um, sugarcane grinding, a little bit of just that rural, rural feel. Um, so I think obviously, I know a lot of people, a lot of families come out for the carnival, they come out for the food, but we also just offer that other educational family aspect as well, which is just part of the county fair. You had a smile, a bigger smile come on your face when you talked about the hometown Hillsboro. Seems like yes. that's a really special area for your fairgrounds. It is. It's a... Uh, it's a place where a family can come and be part of the fair, but it's it's a quiet historical area. I know a, a lot of our older generation likes to come out, just just sit under the oak trees, just you know talk about the way it used to be. Um, we have campfire down there. We have antique farm equipments. We have some old tools that you know it's just amazing to see a group of people just sitting down there just just talking about the way it was in the good old days. And, uh, and I think that's just a part that uh, is really special to our fair. So sitting under the oak trees and uh, visiting with your uh, community, you know, other neighbors is a, is a special thing for you guys. It is. It is. That's fantastic. You know, you've been with fairs now. How long did you say? Was it um, 11 years you were with? 11 years. Yes. Yeah. And a number of years there you were working, you know, with, with Tom there as the, as the manager, and now it's your turn. What are some of the things that you know now that you didn't know before that would have been helpful when you first came into the fairs? You know, when I first came in, it was, it was about livestock. That's that was my entry in. Um, I, I think what I didn't realize was we were just 
we were, we're a huge piece of the pie, but there are so many people involved. There are so many people from the board of directors, from your volunteers, from your fair family, from your entertainment food and vendors, all of those people make the fair work. It's not, it's not me, it's not the board of directors. It's this huge group that we call our family. And you have to have all those pieces in place to make the fair work. And I think that just looking back, I didn't realize the amount of people it took to put on a fair, the amount of time that volunteers put forth to make it all work. And, uh, and we couldn't do it without them. We really couldn't, especially in these times with COVID, we've had to cut our staff. Um, so we're, you know, we're relying on our volunteers. Last week, we had a spring cleanup work day here at the fair. We had about 50 people come out from, from regular fair volunteers, board of directors to people within just in the community, our youth livestock exhibitors, and they just came out. They helped us pick up leaves, pick up branches. And I mean, you don't think about all those things that have to happen throughout the year to make the fair work. And you couldn't do it without that huge group. Sounds like you've got an incredible group of volunteers. We do. We have a great group of volunteers. And like I said, it, we wouldn't have gotten through the last year without that group. Well, when you consider, you know, you're not, you're not making any money, you know, mm -hmm. non-fair events aren't going on this, like you're sitting there kind of stagnant. You can't have, you don't have a contract at that point to, for landscaping. That's, you know, you're not paying a hundred thousand dollars a year for landscaping, when you can get a, a group of volunteers to come out and say, hey, well, we got rakes, we got shovels, let's go mm -hmm. do it. Definitely. And that's, you know, we ran a four hour work day um, and we, it was just, we called it spring cleanup day. And the amount of work that we were able to do in those four hours, um, it was priceless too, just because too, those, those volunteers came out, you know, we had lunch, we, we just uh, networked and everything. And it was just, an, it's nice to see the community still and be involved and care about the fair and make sure that we're, we're up and running in, in this fall. So you're clearly very passionate about fairs and what you're doing. What is it about the fair that, that drives your passion? Um, it, it's how I grew up. Um, I, I didn't have an agricultural background. I got involved with fairs showing animals. Um, and it's just a part of me and a piece of me that, uh, that I just feel very strongly about. I don't think that I'd be the leader that I am today without those livestock shows participating in the county fairs and the state fairs. Um, it's, uh, it's how I met my husband. Um, we now have three kids that drive us crazy because we go to almost every single fair in the state with some sort of critter or another but uh it's just it's just part of my life it's part of who i am it's part of my everyday activities and uh, i just hope that we could share that with so many other families that are involved with our fair sounds like the fairs are really special to you having you know met your husband through there i know that Dis <laughs> that's that's why disney world's so uh you know special to sarah and i because that's where we met so how did okay. you how did you guys how did you guys end up meeting within the well uh, i knew my husband my his his uh parents were my 4-h leaders so i knew my husband since i was about 10 years old and uh <laughs> yeah they ten, were our, his 10 parents. years old yes 10 years old we started dating in high school and took it from there. But uh, yeah, that's how we met was I joined his parents 4-H club and, and it was history after that. <laughs> Sounds like it was destiny for you guys. I guess it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrific. That's terrific. Well, let's, let's shift gears here. 
Okay. Florida Federation Convention and Trade Show coming up less than a month away. It had to get canceled last year, which kind of sucked, but I understand mm-hmm. the decision they had to make because so many people traveling, meeting in large groups, just nobody knew really at that point because it's a May convention. Nobody knew what was going on really with this pandemic. But now we're less than a month away from, from congregating again together. And are you going to be there? I am. I am planning on attending the entire convention. What are some of the things you're looking forward to most about being back at convention? Probably the thing that I'm most um, excited about is just seeing everybody. I don't think that that's what every, I don't think everybody in, in outside of our industry understands is that we get to network with so many different parts of our fair, whether it be our food vendors, our entertainment, or just other, other individuals in different fairs. We, we just come together, we share ideas, we talk about this, and you realize you're not the only one having the same problem. Um, so if, if I'm having a problem or a challenge at my fair, I'm sure there's someone out, out there having the same problem. And so being able to come together at that convention to talk with everybody, to, to share your ideas, to share your challenges, it's just, it's, it's such an important part. And yes, you can do that over the phone. And we've had to do that some with COVID or through Zoom or so forth. But um, just being able to sit down at a table, network with all the different individuals involved with the fair industry is just the part that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, secondly, the workshops, um, the, the roundtable discussions, they're such an important part of the fair because like I mentioned before, if you're having a problem, a challenge to your fair, typically someone else is and that's where these workshops come about is it's, it's everybody's having the same issue, let's figure out a solution in a way that'll work and move forward with your own fair. Um, big scale, small scale, and, and that's, uh, that's an important part too is that educational piece. Absolutely. Would it be safe to say that the, the overall in-person collaboration is important to you at these conventions? Very much so. Yeah, that's that's the most important part of the convention. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's super important um, because like you said, you can meet on Zoom. I mean, you know, this is, you know, we've done over a hundred episodes now uh, on this podcast meeting mm-hmm. on Zoom. There's still something really special about meeting in person. It is. It is important. And, and honestly, up until about a month ago, we held all of our board of directors meetings um, through Zoom. And uh, last month, we decided to have an in-person board meeting. And it was just, it, it was very missed to be able to sit down with our board of directors in person and go over ideas and plan for the fair in person. So I just think that that's a, a part that everyone has missed. So you're able to get it in person then last month? We were, Yes. Amazing. I, I, I know I'm not a director, but I kind of wish I could have been there because I know how I know how nice it was to be at Clay County. And, I, you know, I got to give it to everybody around Florida. So many other fair people are turning up at these fairs. You know, um, Jim Ward and, and Dan West have have been out at so many of the fairs since, you know, Jim's um, it's his year as as, um, as president and even out at Clay County, the number of folks that, I mean, we had folks that were coming up from St. Louis, you know, Christine came up from St. Lucie and um, Andrea and, and some a group came up from West Palm beach and they're just everywhere. There were people everywhere. And it was so nice to kind of see them and, and um, get to visit with them for a few minutes. Cause I know I sure missed them. 
Yes, I think that fairs being open and moving forward, just like the convention is giving everyone an opportunity to get out, uh, talk with everyone in person and come together again. And, and you can definitely tell by the attendance and all the different people that are coming out to the different fairs that, uh, that they've missed it as well. For sure. Well, I'm looking forward to the convention next month. I'm curious, when you're walking up and down the aisles, whether it's at Florida or, or IFE or any trade show you go to, what catches your eye as a fair manager? Um, to me, it's something that might be a little bit uh, unique and personable. Um, if I can connect with the, with an entertainer on a personal level and it intrigues my interest, I think that that, uh, to me, makes me say there's someone else out there that would enjoy this or, you know, love to participate in the activity. So to me, that's, that's what draws me in. Um, there's a huge variety of those different trade shows. So, but if I can connect with the, the entertainer or the, um, the person on a personable level, then I, I think that helps, helps the, uh, the sellable point. Well, I, I sure think it, you know, connecting with people, um, is important is from a standpoint of someone who's an entertainer, who's trying to figure out how do I start marketing again? Mm -hmm. What's the appropriate way to do it? Because Florida's starting to reopen, but that doesn't mean Florida's got all the budget, you know, cause there's still fairs like, you know, Miami got canceled. Vero got canceled there. You know, you guys got canceled. The Florida state fair had to move their dates. There's just so, so much unknown. And I sit here going, how do I re how do I start marketing again and saying, Hey, we're ready to go. And I think the answer is at the convention and it has nothing to do ultimately with marketing. I think it just has to do with going in and visiting and sitting down with people and getting reacquainted and going, Oh yeah, you do the, the play with giants or the conjure or the, you know, there's a juggler, you know, Danny Grant does his cowboy circus or everybody uh -huh. just kind of touches base again. And I think that's probably the way to start marketing again is just getting reconnected. I would agree with you. Yeah, definitely. Just the reconnection with everyone is important. For sure. Um, real quick, I'm curious, is there a fair out there that you'd like to visit that you haven't been able to go to? Um, I haven't been able to visit a Martin County Fair. Um, and, um, you know, Jay came on as fair manager a few years ago, and I think he's done an outstanding job down there. And I've just not been able to personally go down and see his fair. I think that we have a lot of uh, common ground. Um, and Jay's handled the transition into fair manager with great stride. And I just, uh, that's one fair that I've been wanting to visit, and I haven't just been able to make it down to because of timing. But uh, that's the one fair that I have on my radar to go see. Well, I, I can't wait for him to be able to get this Agriplex going and is get out to the new new site and see what he's going to build there. Because I think it's he's got, you know, it's, I've looked at plans. He's shown me on the, the podcast I did originally with him back in, I guess it was November. He showed me some of the plans and it's just an incredible vision he's got for that that fair and the future of those grounds down there. Yes, I agree. His, his vision is where I want to tap into for sure. Absolutely. Suzanne, listen, I'm, I'm really glad you could be on the show. We're just about out of time here. Before we go, everyone who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. Oh, geez. Okay. Oh, my. <laughs> What's he going to say? So I'm going to ask you six quick questions. You give me your best answer for each of them. Okay. Suzanne, are you ready? I guess so. <laughs> First question. When you're at the fair, do you prefer a slice of pizza or a turkey leg? Turkey leg. Favorite thing about your fair? 
the livestock shows. You can have a guest role on any television show, past or present. Which show are you going on? Good morning, America. <laughs> She's going for GMA as as uh, as somebody to be interviewed or as as a host. Oh no, let's do interview. I want to talk about the fair. Excellent. So we're going to GMA <laughs> the Hillsborough County Fair. Excellent. That's right. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? I would like to go visit Alaska. I've never been, and that was that's definitely on my list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pick a superpower. Which superpower do you pick? Unwavering energy. Unwavering <laughs> energy. I've never heard that one, but that is a fabulous answer. That for the number of times I know that we all wake up or in the morning we're like dragging, going, "Oh God, yes. how are we going to do?" Unwavering energy. I'm down with it. And last question. Going back to the trade show, as a fair manager, when you go to the trade show, is your badge facing forward or backward? It's forward. Always? Always. I'm I'm so proud to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny. When I've asked that question of other fair managers, there's this moment where, you know, because I don't put the video out necessarily, but there's this moment where their eyes kind of get big, like, (laughs) he knows. Well, guess what? I'm a new manager, so it's forward. Maybe after a few years, we'll change that answer. We'll we'll see how it goes at Federation next month. (laughs) Yes. Oh, wow. Suzanne, where can folks learn more about the Hillsborough County Fair? Uh, We have an active uh, website at the the hillsboroughcountyfair.com, and our Facebook page is extremely active. So if you just search us up on Facebook, uh, Instagram, we have an active social media. Suzanne Holko, manager for the Hillsborough County Fair down in Florida. Really looking forward to seeing you and catching up next month at Florida Federation. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Robert. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.